Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library, yeah, standing there behind the counter willing to no my haida my kia and welcome to our Books and Beyond Literary Lounge Lockdown Edition with Alison and Enika. Kia ora Enika. Kia ora Alison. Well, so here we are again Enika, we're in our home, our makeshift home recording studios. <laughs> so you're in your closet and I'm in my cardboard box and both of us of course hoping for the best sound quality possible. Yes, that's right. You wouldn't believe it, but a huge plane just went off just before you hit record, so we've just dodged a bullet there. Yes, and I think I could hear it from my house too. <laughs> so that is must, probably the same aircraft, I would say. Possibly. Um, hey, now, I've been, well, we both have been, but I've been reading and listening this week. Um, I've been really making the most of the Libby app, and it's so easy to use, um, especially when we're in lockdown. It's mm. um, great to listen to e-audio books when you're outside having your walk or, you know, even if you need a bit, a bit of time out from your bubble mates. So, which we kind of do sometimes, yep. don't we? <laughs> so, look, um, the first e-audio book that I've been listening to, it's um, the memoir Love Warrior, and it's read by the author Glennon Doyle. Now, um, some people will recognise the name Glennon Doyle. She's an American writer, activist, and, and social media personality, probably best known for her memoir Untamed, Stop Pleasing and Start Living. And this that memoir actually follows on from from Love Warrior, which is the one I've read this week. Oh yes. Yeah, actually I've got a bit of a hot quick hot tip for you to, to plug in there. We do actually have heaps of copies of that ebook Untamed, which was so popular last year when it was featured on Reese's Reese Witherspoon's book club. Um so if you jump into Libby, it is quite in demand, but it's actually a very special weight because of the number of copies we have. You can get in the queue, maybe get it in around three weeks. Um, yeah, I recently read it, so I'm really interested to hear about the first half of her story because I haven't read this one. Yeah, and because it, it, we won't do too many spoilers for it, but it, um, it um, talks a lot about a new relationship that, that she forms, isn't it? Yes. Um, it was the um, with Abby Wambach, um, who was formerly the captain of the U.S., women's soccer team um yeah so she's an interesting character glennon um now she a cool thing about her is she runs a non-profit organization called together rising and she's raised over 25 million us dollars for the people in need so she is quite a powerhouse um you were talking about reese's book club um so um, Oprah Winfrey announced um, Love Warrior as one of her Oprah book club selections. And when she did this, um, Oprah said, Love Warrior captures the beauty that unfolds when one woman refuses to settle for good enough, stops numbing or denying her pain and makes her own rules for love and life. And yeah, uh, sounds about yeah. right. That's a kind of a quite an Oprah thing to say, isn't it? Um, but it, that, that hooked me in. So now, um, Glennon Doyle was a child in the 
growing up in the 1980s. She was in a home and with a family full of love. She really struggled at school with that terrible social pressure that um, females experience um, to be thin and attractive to boys and really popular with girls. Now, and this sadly um, led to an eating disorder and, and struggles with alcoholism from very early age. And all while trying to satisfy this sort of desperate desire for connection. Um, and her university years were especially brutal. You know, the, the pressure that young women were put under by the fraternity boys was actually shocking to read, but also depressingly familiar to oh. probably for many readers. And she taught herself to dissociate from her feelings and numb the pain with substances. So it's it, very sad and, and really hard for her. But now, when she left university, when she was a young professional, her life turned around after she became pregnant and decided that, you know, this was going to be her saving grace. And being a wife and mother would be something that she could do well. And now was the time to attain sobriety. So fast forward 10 years and she's a wife and mum to three kids and her husband um, admits that he's had a series of one night stands all throughout their marriage mm-hmm. so it's that was a bombshell for her so you know what I do like about her writing it's very raw and it's very vulnerable she really shows those tender and private parts of herself. Um, the affair that the husband's having, of course, it's not simply an affair. It's it's more of a, a symptom of the problems within their marriage and the, the struggles that, that both of them have had to, you know, to sort of connect authentically. Mm. So the book, it's a bit navel-gazy, I must admit, but... <laughs> It's quite a good one to read in lockdown, I reckon. It's about the search for self and it's about honesty and personal growth and getting to know your desires and and to share that unfiltered version of yourself. Um, And it's also how to reconcile individual changes within the... um, the partnership that that you might have with another person. I think I've got to be fair to say this memoir has had a bit of a mixed reception amongst its readers. Um, in fact, it's been quite polarising. Now, her super fans loved the book for its honesty and vulnerability, but her detractors, they criticised it for being a bit over the top with TMI, you know, too much information. She's been called self-absorbed and even narcissistic. Um, but I... Yeah, I've got mixed feelings about it. I think we've got to remember that this is a confessional style memoir and yeah. it's a, a thing, isn't it? And You know, that sort of, there's a lot of ones that are a bit toe curling when you read some of the details that yeah. I can think of others. Um, yeah, um, we've, you know, we could come up with other examples. And at a personal level, I've found her narration mildly irritating at times, um, and it was probably due to this sort of full-on self-focus. But then, you know, on the other hand, she's got a lot to teach us, uh, particularly people who are struggling. True. So, true. Um, You're yeah. thinking of navel-gazing. I'm thinking Lena Dunham. Um, oh, yes. comes to mind, although That's I think right. Glennon, Glennon's got um, more wisdom to share. 
more Probably, wisdom to share. Yeah, more wisdom. Yeah, I think that's a really good example. And that sort of toe-curlingly. Toe-curling, yeah. Honesty. Of like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and Caitlin Moran would be another one too. True. It's very um, wise too, but... Yeah, it's the, the TCs, isn't it? The, the total. <laughs> but, you know, getting back to, to Glennon, one of the things I really liked about the book was that she decided that rather than be swallowed up by her depressions and her addictions, she would view her distress as an invitation. And I found that really powerful. So she said rather than just get consumed by your depression. Look mm. at it as an invitation to learn more about yourself, to to go deeper, to put faith in yourself, in the universe, and whoever, the higher power, whoever that might be. So um, I think it's been a good lockdown listen, even though I don't think it's been the book that will totally change my life. Mm. Um, but then as they say, um, in our Library Science 101, Annika, they say there's a book for every reader and a reader for every book. That is what they say. Yeah. Yes. And um, now, just before we, we leave this, I've got a really quick lockdown hot tip because I was a bit troubled by some of the confessional style of writing. And so I messaged two of my younger friends who I know have read her books and we had a really good discussion about the writing. And I gained really valuable insight into their take on the whole phenomenon of Glenn and Doyle. So that was really cool. Then I realised that I'd just started a kind of a mini lockdown book club. So (laughs) Just like that. Yeah, it was kind of like a micro book club. So my hot tip is if you're on WhatsApp or Messenger or, you know, any other chat service, hit up your friends for some book banter. And what you know, a great suggestion. Find out what they think. Absolutely. Well, we've got a hot tip later on that will really help with that too, haven't we? But we'll wait yes. until the end wait. to give you that. Yes. <laughs> well, I've also been jumping into the e-audiobooks um, and I was revisiting an old favourite this week. Um, I listened to um, Me Talk Pretty One Day by David Sedaris. Oh, yes. Love that book. Yeah. Now, um, there's a few copies on the B, so you can jump in. Um, there's a, only a very short queue, so hopefully you'll get it soon if you um, decide that you like my review. Now, this is also a memoir, and it's narrated by the author, the hilarious David Sedaris. If you haven't read or listened to David Sedaris before, I highly urge that you rectify that immediately. I think this might have been the first Sedaris book that I ever read years ago, and it really was just what I needed this week. It was funny and quirky, all these crazy anecdotes, full of his eccentric, large um, family, um, and all those crazy, far-fetched situations and scenarios that he finds himself in. Now, in the past, he's frankly admitted that he exaggerates and embellishes his personal experiences so as to heighten the humour and keep things, keep everyone on their toes. Now, some critics find him a bit disingenuous because of that, but not me. No, I like a tall tale very, very much. So keep it coming, David. Yeah. 
Now, I think one of my favourite chapters in this particular book is one that um, introduces his seriously eccentric and also fabulous sister, um, the actress Amy Sedaris. Oh, yes, I love her. She's fantastic, isn't she? So do I. She is so fantastic. Now, this book really shows you that, that Amy was a born mimic and she was creating characters based off of anyone who was around her from a very, very young age. Now, you might know her from some of her character roles in movies. She tends to steal the scene every time she's on screen. Um, most recently, um, you might have seen her playing Mimi Canassis on The Unbreakable Commission. Oh, yes. I loved that series. Yeah, yep. me too. And she's the voice of the... Um, the acting agent and slash pussycat Princess Caroline on um, the animated series Bojack Horseman. And um, she's just been on The Mandalorian as well. Wow. Yeah, she is a woman of a million faces and a million voices. She's, I just love her so much. <laughs> so this gives you a really big insight into, yeah, the way Amy will take it to the nth level. Um, she's an absolutely gorgeous woman, but you will never recognize it with some of the characters she plays. Yeah. Now, this, what I liked about this edition is that it's got an added bonus of a few new live readings, um, complete with all the audiences roaring with laughter after every sentence. So you get some of that big event energy feel that we're really missing right now too. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Yeah. Um, in Overdrive, you'll also find that there's a big audiobook box set, and that includes this book, so Me Talk Pretty One Day, Naked, barrel fever and holidays on ice so if you decide that what you need for lockdown is 14 hours of David and Amy narrating and storytelling in your taringa and who doesn't want that just go for that one yeah fabulous that sounds really good and really uplifting and fun thanks for that Enika well um I've got one I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I have been loving this one it's the title of it but um it's a book of short stories and I'm reading it on Libby Overdrive and it's um edited by that amazing writer Lee Child and the book's called The Nicotine Chronicles and it's um funny thing about nicotine you know in recent years it's become shameful and and it almost as forbidden as many hard drugs <laughs> so um it's i'm gonna make an awful pun here but that's typical of me i have absolutely inhaled this book um uh... they're very the stories are very noir um so i think um we would call them nicotine noir and they're immensely addictive so <laughs> Lee Child, for this book, he's wrangled um, 16 really high-caliber authors. So we've got 16 short stories. And the authors are people like Joyce Carol Oates, Jonathan Ames, and Cara Black, to name a few. Um, and what they're kind of doing is they're revealing nicotine's, you know, the drug, its place in our world and it's sort of scintillating alter ego so each of the stories uh, presents a a type of moral quandary and the characters come to a fork in the road and they must decide which direction to travel and um, so it's um, yes with nicotine the the drug is the thing that links all the stories so I just loved it and um, yeah Addictive, but um, a great one to inhale and um, don't feel guilty about it, too. (laughs) 
Shall I tell you, because um, I've, I've been reading other short stories as well, and yeah. another one that I've just loved, um, also reading on Overdrive Libby, and it's called Corridor, and it's by a Singaporean writer called Alfian Sa'at. And so... Corridor, it's a collection of 12 short stories, all set in the present day Singapore. And um, they're unsentimental, they're heartbreaking and really honest. But Alfianza Art writes about um, high, people who dwell in those high-rise public housing estates that some people may have seen in um, Singapore. So he's writing about the students, the housewives, the factory workers and the maids and those who um, whose lives begin to unravel once they discover that happiness is a really fragile thing, especially when you're in a country that's obsessed with progress and success. Mm. So, um, yeah, and so each story has characters that are finding themselves in situations that sort of offer them a hope or a ticket to hope and a ticket to change. So there's lots of there's stories that are set in the high-rise buildings, in the what they call the MRTs, the, um, that's the mass rapid transport kind of metro system. Mm-hmm. There's one set in nightclubs. Um, there's divorce. There's falling in love again and, you know, falling out of love. So they're really rich and authentic. Um, now, Alfan, uh, Alfian Sa'at, he's a poet, writer and a playwright. And he is known as a, a provocateur. Um, and they do call him a libertarian hipster Ooh. in Singapore. But he's very acclaimed and, and really good. So highly recommended. Oh, wonderful. So, yeah, I rip it to you. I love yes. short story collections. And it's Me been a while. Too. Yeah. And I found them really great in lockdown. There's just something to dip them. into, right? Yes. And then you can spend time thinking after after you've finished one mm. of the stories. So, Ooh, yeah. Well, I'm going to take us, um, I think we should get back into our Booker's Dozen. What do you reckon? We're kind of yes. like slowly pulling apart the buns of our Booker's Dozen, yes. or the books of our Booker's Dozen. We're on to um, number six now, out of 13. We are getting there. <laughs> so the next one, uh, next title on our Booker's Dozen for 2021 is Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. Now, um the um, I'll just give you a quick overview of what this one is about, if you haven't heard. So Clara um, is an artificial friend. So she is a, a robot, essentially. Now, she has outstanding observational qualities. And um, she's actually um, someone who's been designed to be a companion. And um, so she is chosen from her store to be the companion for a young girl who's very, very ill. And she starts to build... Um, quite complex bonds with her her young charge and with the mother of the um, the daughter of the child in the household and also with the girl's best friend next door. She also um, begins building a sort of a complex um, relationship with the son. She begins to worship and pray to the son um, looking for a miracle to heal her young her young companion, her young friend. So Clara and the Sun looks at our changing world through the eyes of Clara herself. Uh, and this is 
really the, the crux and the point of difference in this book. Um, it really explores the fundamental question of what does it mean to be lo- uh, to love and to be loved. Mm-hmm. Now, I read this, I was lucky enough to get this um, pretty soon after it came out, and it's a very fast read. I think it's less than 300 pages. Now, it shares some of the same themes as one of um, Ishiguro's most highly acclaimed works, Never Let Me Go. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's um it's narrated by Clara herself, as I've said, and you know it's not an easy task to bring a robot to life, especially one that in this book has been specifically designed to relate and respond to human behaviour and emotion. He walks a really fine line, and I think he he pretty much nailed it between sentient and non-sentient. You know. Mm. Now, Clara's programming means that she's learning and reprogramming in real time. So as she lives, in quote marks. So you get to see her character and her level of insight and understanding develop to a certain point as as the book's going on. Now, I think I might have mentioned this hot tip again, but I'm going to mention it again because we're in lockdown now and we need some more content um, for our reading. Um, there's heaps of copies of Clara and the Sun available um, on e-audiobook and Overdrive. And there's, to be honest, there's quite long queues on every other format. So I reckon you should jump on that. Now, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really, you know, won't take you very long to listen to it. He's such a skilled writer, isn't he? And the way he sort of um, gets the zeitgeist or, you know, because we've got Mm. this kind of thing where robots are going to be looking after our disabled members of the community. That's not that far away. No, we've all seen those robot seals, haven't we, for the... uh, for the lonely, yep. That's I right. I like one actually. They look very cute. <laughs> yeah, I would have liked one earlier today. <laughs> we um, also thought we'd um, recommend a couple of reader likes that people might want to try while they're, if they're finding they need to wait um, for Clara and the Sun. So one of the ones you and I thought about was his, um, that earlier one called Never Let Me Go, mm-hmm. written in 2005. You know, it's still going strong 15 years later, isn't it? Amazing, it's isn't it? amazing. Now, I loved this when I, I read it years ago. Um, and I think I loved it because it's a coming of age story Mm. um now and it's about um a a pleasant but sort of cloistered english boarding school and um a young woman and her fellow students who are brought up to be educated artistic and and well behaved as you do um so and um everything goes well but it's really only when um the main character kathy and her friends ruth and Tommy leave the safe grounds of their boarding school um as they always knew they would that they realize the full truth of what this boarding school actually is so we won't give you too many spoilers but mm. um as i say it's a, a coming of age novel it's a mystery romance horror the dystopian um but it's so beautifully written isn't it and there's there's um when i think about it sometimes my eyes get a bit leaky actually yeah. do you feel a bit blub blubby about it too i do i do it really hits you in the feels and in lockdown you know it might be quite good to let out a few a few tears yeah. you know just to just to clear the air that's i right. am very tired so that, that could be part of it as well <laughs> but it's it's very it's a cleansing read, isn't it? I think so. He's so yeah. good. Yeah. Well, the second one we thought we might recommend is um, Ian McEwan's Machines Like Me. Now, this is a 2019 book by Ian McEwan. Um, it's available on Overdrive as an ebook. 
Here's the little description. So, um, Machines Like Me is set in an alternative 1982. Charlie, um, he gets an inheritance and he decides that he's going to spend it on buying um, a character called Adam, who is one of the first batch of synthetic humans in production. Now, with Charlie's girlfriend Miranda's assistance, he co-designs Adam's personality. So this near-perfect human is beautiful, strong and clever. And interestingly, a love triangle forms between the three. There's a Moral dilemma here, can you design the perfect partner? What makes us human? Is it what we do or is it what we have inside us? So interestingly, you know, he's kind of pipped Ishigo. I mean, he obviously he's, none of these people are the first people to think about sentient robots. And mm. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, uh, he's sort of in terms of like high literary or, you know, whatever that means. Mm. Yeah. What um, he, yes. <laughs> he kind of pipped Ishiguro to the post. Yeah. But um, I must admit, in relation, if I compare the two, this one left me a little bit little bit colder. Uh, I think the big yeah. difference here is that um, Clara and the Sun um, has that first person narrative voice from Clara rather oh, than Clara. from the perspective of the owner or the the person who lives with that sentient robot. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how a point of view or the voice um, the, the person that's narrating makes so much difference, doesn't it? That's right. What's that sort of outsider's perspective and then suddenly you're looking from yes, within, from within, within the yes. machine, the ghost in the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. That, yeah. That sounds like a great one. And the third one we put, picked for today is um, a book by Becky Chambers, and she writes them um, speculative, speculative fiction. Um, and this is called A Closed and Common Orbit, and it's number two in the Wayfarer series. Um, now, just to set the scene, um, the Wayfarer series is um, a sort of a space opera. Um, it's about a sort of ragtag, multi-species, ride-or-die spaceship crew and their adventures around the galaxy. They have real care and curiosity for each other, and they're real family of friends. Now, in the second book in this series, um, the first one is called A Long Way from a Small and Angry Planet, if you want to go there. Um, in the second book of the series, we have Lovelace, who was a ship's, the ship's artificial intelligence, but she wakes up after um, a procedure and she's in a new body. There's been a full system shutdown. She's been rebooted. She has no memory of her life as a ship and she's having to rediscover the universe in a, in a sort of a human, oh, well, a sort of synthetic human bo- body. And she forms a, a relationship with an engineer who was <laughs> on, the, on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so interesting. It's kind of like that amnesia trope that's, that's so popular, isn't it? Oh, that's so true. Yes. Yeah. It is a bit like that. Yes. Yeah. So that sounds really good. So were you saying you've just finished were you reading it with your son? I think you were telling yeah. me earlier. Well, I, I just finished another book by Becky Chambers. It was a, um, a short standalone novella um, called oh. To Be Taught a Fortunate. And That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I loved it and I passed it on to my 16-year-old son and he read it in record time, which is quite rare for him. Um, so he loved it too. Yeah. That one is about, again, a spaceship crew, um, different spaceship crew, um, going into stasis and traveling around four different planets looking for um, uh, basically looking for another home for Earth, yeah, for, for humans. Wow. 
Yeah, that and sounds surveying great. the planets. Yeah. yeah. And she's got another one coming out, a brand new series coming out from Becky Chambers. The first one of the series is going to be called A Psalm for the Wild Built, and that comes out in September. So if you like the sound of all of this, then um, get into the queue for A Psalm for the Wild Built too. Sounds good. And anything that we can find that young, um, particularly young men, will read is, is always a bonus, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sci fi with heart, this one. Yes. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> well, it's not totally my cup of tea, but I love the concept. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now we were going to do our big hot tip, weren't we, about book clubs. Yeah. So we, earlier we talked about the micro book club that I accidentally started. But this one is, um, I'd say we've gone macro, haven't we? And um, it's via Overdrive's Together We Read program. And it's so Together We Read is a, a digital book club and it's um, for readers in Australia and New Zealand, isn't it? So um, now, and it has started, so it's for September. September the I, 1st until September yes. the 15th. Yeah, that's right. Full access on um, um, a book by a crime thriller by Australian author Chris Hammer called Scrublands. Uh, it's a 2019 novel, and you'll be joining hundreds of public library users and thousands of readers across Australasia reading it together with them. Yeah, and you know, I think there's quite a sense of community when you know that you're all reading the same book. Um, I think so. There's also yeah. some, um, book club questions there that you can use to kind of spark a conversation with a with a bubble buddy or someone outside your bubble. Yeah. Oh no, it's fantastic. And as you say, this one um, it's a crime thriller, and it's set in fictional in a fictional town in New South Wales in Australia. Um, we've got drought. We've got a priest, um, and there's some murder. murder. There's some murder. Yeah, murder and some mystery. So, And then a journalist that um, does a bit of an investigation into actually what, what happened. So I know I'm definitely going to check this one out. So maybe we can have a chat about it next time. In a Sounds good. Yeah. Well, look, um, that's about the end of our show today. So to our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, take care and, and be kind to yourselves. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. So, hi, Rara. Ka kite anō. Ka kite anō.